Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is our 68th Fireside Chat. Uh, welcome, everyone. We have some people who haven't been here in a few years, and we have some new people. Tina and Rooney, thanks for being here, everyone. We'll get started with a question that came in from the MBT forum and didn't get read in our addendum, the latest video that we've done. It was misplaced somewhere between here and there. So we're going to start with that one to assure you that all of the questions have been covered. So Tom from the MBT forum, Hypeman84 on global fear response. Tom has said several times that today's society has more fear than 60 years ago, giving as an example how he as a boy could ride his bike all day long without his parents getting concerned, whereas today we have helicopter parenting. Surprisingly, he appreciates as an evolution the world's response to COVID-19. Suddenly, the world allegedly cares about old people and to heck with economy and personal freedom. The old folks in care homes are a priority. But when we contrast how the world responded to 1968 and 69 forgotten Hong Kong flu pandemic, isn't it obvious we're now much more fearful than back then? Why does Tom agree that we've become more fearful when raising children, but not so regarding response to a pandemic? There are multiple kinds of fears. Uh, and a, in, any individual can have dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of different fears. And the fact that we are fearful in one area and not fearful in another just shows that our growth is not even across the board in all areas. So the fact that though we're in a time of a great deal of fear, we're also in a time of great possibilities now. So I would say that in our in our present time, we are a more fearful people in many ways, socially, I think. We're a more fearful people. But in some ways, we are better off. We're less fearful. And because we now have the internet that we didn't have back in 1970 or, or whenever that Hong Kong flu went around in the late sixties, early seventies, the fact that it was a worldwide thing didn't impress us very much because the world was just kind of someplace that we never really saw up close and personal. So it was easy to just kind of blow that off. And it came through like all of the, all the other flus had come along before and we kind of treated it the same way so there wasn't enough appreciation of the damage done to older people i don't know in the hong kong flu what the ratios were how many people got ill how many people died uh, how catching it was you know how how efficient it was in going from person to person but um in any case fear doesn't just you know, it's not like if you're fearful, you're fearful about everything all the time. And if you're not fearful uh, you know, about A, you still can be fearful about B and C. And fear is comes in many colors. So one of the things we've grown up about is seeing ourselves as citizens of the world. And the Internet has done a lot for that that we didn't see before. And this COVID-19 didn't start here. It started elsewhere. And we watched it ravage uh um, Italy and then I think Spain, uh, China first, I guess, then Italy and then Spain, and had some idea of how lethal and how easy it was to pass on to others. So we had more awareness this time than we had in 1970. In 1970, we were not nearly as aware of what was going on and how it affected people. And our mass communications didn't have us all kind of on the, you know, on the same page of music when it came to things like that. It wasn't uh, quite the same as it is now with with the Internet and news traveling around and people seeing pictures of what's going on in various places. So just different time, different place, different fears. Uh, you know, we had fears uh, springing up a lot of times in history 
that came and went as the time came, like what in 1939, you know, we had economic fears and people were leaping off of buildings because they were so afraid that life wouldn't be worth living, you know, uh, after the, after the, uh, depression, after the big financial crisis. So that was pretty severe fear when you jump off a building. Um, anyway, fears come and go with our culture and with what's happening. And now with what's happening in the world as well as what's happening locally or in our, in our country. So I don't really see any inconsistency there. All right. Thank you, Tom. I was speaking earlier with the group and I mentioned that I did get the Hong Kong flu and it was very easily passed along. Had we been more aware, um, it might have been different. Tina and Rooney are, are joining us today for the first time. So, and Tina's got a couple of questions. So please go ahead. So I have a, well, two questions that they are interrelated. So I can start with the first question first. Okay. Um, so the question is about friendships, which I didn't hear you talk that much about in your fireside chat. So at least I didn't uh, hear it. Uh, mm-hmm. If there was a about this. But uh, I would like to know what are friendships friendships like for a highly developed person? Do they differ from average people's friendships? And if so, how? And do you yourself have friends in PMR? Or in PMR? Okay. So that last was, do I have friendships in both NPMR and PMR? Yes. yes. Okay. Well... You've probably heard me say that relationship is the key driver of the choices that we make that most affect our evolution. Relationship is where the rubber meets the road. And that's not only in relationship with significant other, but relationship with everybody, friends, family, in-laws, outlaws, you know, boss, coworkers, It's our relationships with people that tend to push our buttons, trigger our ego responses, uh, um, trigger our belief responses. And we share beliefs with other people, with friends. We get influenced and pick up beliefs with friends. So friends are an important part of this relationship uh, uh, continuum. I mean, you have relationships with with your parents, you have relationships with your children. All these relationships require you to interact in a giving, caring way, to not interact with your ego, to not interact with your fear when with your beliefs, but to interact in a positive way that is part of the solution, not part of the problem. Um, So that's the challenge. Yes, friendships are important. That's a very important thing. And a friendship, just like any other relationship, can be primarily self-centered. Oh, I'll be friends with them because they bring these kinds of advantages and I'll be, you know, they'll be friends with me because of the same thing. In other words, it's more of a, um, I'll give you this if you give me that kind of a trade. So most of the office Friendships tend to be that way. You know, your relationships with the people in the office, you're, you have to be polite to the people in the office because you have to work with them. So you don't talk about things that you know might be, uh, um, controversial. You know, you leave religion and, and, and your sex life and other things that are personal out of your conversations. You just don't get into that deep a conversation with them about who you are personally you keep them more or less superficial because you need that good working relationship. So friends can be friends in a rather shallow sense, neighbors, maybe in a shallow sense, but friends can also be very deep relationship. It can be just as deep as, as couples, just as deep as significant other. It can be just as, just as important. So it can be, uh, um, You know, the the love between friends can be unconditional, just as it can be between, you know, significant others. So I don't see a lot of difference between friends and, you know, and all the other relationships. They run the gamut from shallow 
to deeply meaningful, to um, convenient, to, you know, uh, uh, some of the most important relationships that we have. Does that answer your question? Uh, yes, I can uh, ask the other one, maybe, or maybe I can just um, uh, ask. Um, um, so, I think, yeah, I would just uh, explain because I I think you said this one time, right, that your relationships become better, and you say you can have self-centered uh, relationships. And you can have more unconditional relationships. So I, I think you said one time that your relationships become better when you develop yourself by getting rid of fear and ego and uh, when it's more about other than yourself. So you will have mostly positive relationships to others mm-hmm. uh, and also friends. Um, but I have this uh, thing that I somehow experience, experience I get, uh, I have fewer Uh, mutual friendships as I try to develop myself. So actually, I don't have more friends. I have less friends. So I'm wondering what is going on here. Am I having wrong assumptions here or about friends? Or is it a natural development on the way of reducing entropy? Is this a sort of transition period? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes, indeed. The fact that you have less, let's say, less really good friends You know, maybe you have still the same number of casual friends, but your really good friends are less, is often a result of growing up. It's often a result of changing who you are. When you change who you are, you relate differently to people. And if other people grow with you, in other words, they're also growing up and changing who they are, then those friendships can grow deeper and more meaningful. But if others are not growing up and they still remain mostly self-centered and and uh, fearful and full of beliefs, as you grow up, those relationships tend to cool off and distance themselves a little bit because they're really not the kind of people you want to be really, really close to. There's limitations because you there's only certain things you can discuss and other things You can't discuss. It's almost it's more shallow, sort of like the office friends or tend, tend to be shallow in the office. So that's what happens. As you change, then everything changes. But the good friends you do have are deeper, and those relationships are deeper, and you can say anything to them, and you under you know that they will understand. They won't judge you. They won't uh, apply a belief and, and say you're crazy or You know, they won't interface with you with their ego. So then those friendships get deeper. So in general, the quality of your friendships will get better. The number of your friendships will probably shrink because the number of people that you can really be yourself with and be open with gets smaller and smaller the more unusual you become. You know, and by an unusual, I mean the, you know, the less peers you have. The, uh, the the less people that you can that you know and know well that don't have fear that have at least no more fear than you do you know they're at about the same place you are you know there's lots of people who have more fear than you do because you've been working on getting rid of that fear for years lots of people have more fear and those relationships with those people will be more shallow so yes the old friend set will kind of disappear because you're outgrowing those people and the depth of relationship you can have with them is uh, getting shallower and shallower as you get deeper and deeper. Your interests turn to other things. You're not interested in just the small talk. You're interested in in other kinds of things. So that's, that's normal. Well, then gets around to the Last question you answered, what about me? Do I have lots and lots of friends? Uh, no, I don't have lots and lots of deep, you know, close friends. I do have some, you know, but uh, I don't know. I try to think back in my life. I probably never had a whole lot of really deep, close friends, you know, probably not. I'm I'm an introvert, for one, so I'm not all that gregarious and uh 
I've always been in my own mind, sort of a, I wouldn't say a loner, but somebody who is different enough from others that being just myself and, and kind of being entirely open to people would be all right with me, but it would upset the other people or bore the other people or, you know, push the other people's buttons or whatever. So I kind of learned to cool it and, and, uh, only be entirely myself, I guess, with people who are more like myself and there's fewer and fewer of those around. So yes, it's lonely at the top, as they say, in the sense that you'll have fewer and fewer really good friends that you will be completely open and at ease with, where you can say anything and it'll work. It'll be fine. It won't create any problems. So yes, that's just a natural part of growing up. The more you grow up, the fewer peers you have that you can just be entirely yourself with. But that's okay because those few relationships are really, really meaningful. And even if that just gets down to two or three, just several, several really meaning relation, meaningful relationships are wonderful, much better than 20 shallow relationships. Yes. Uh, and um, so this is what ki- this what you answer now is kind of what I'm trying to deal with here. And um, could you say a little bit uh, more about how um, how can I or we in this process navigate this transition somehow? Because I feel I do feel some kind of sorrow sometimes when I when my old friends cannot. Um, do not follow. So they are left behind. I, I feel they are left behind and they have fears. And uh, as you say, I have a more distanced uh, relationship to them. And, and it, it's kind of a sad feeling as well because uh, I miss them somehow. But uh, um, yeah, can you say something about how to navigate this? Because I realize this is also kind of maybe it's ego. I don't know. Or maybe it's a normal, I guess it's a normal feeling probably. But how how do I navigate with my egoic reactions in this process, baby? So uh, when I when I see that I also have ego and needs and fears myself, and they have, but also, um, yeah, also outgrowing these maybe. Well, the way you do that is the same way you interact with people in general. You know, people who who you you can't be entirely yourself with and that is you interact with them in ways that you can be with them let's say there's certain things that you really don't want to discuss like the nature of reality because that's not really something they're very interested in if you say oh let's talk about the nature of reality you know they will kind of look at you very strangely and change the subject to something else so you just don't talk about those things So you figure that, you know, as an individual, you have many facets. You have hundreds of facets in which you can connect with that facet to somebody else that has a similar facet and a similar interest. Connect in all the ways you can. Make all the connections that you can and don't connect where it doesn't work well. Well, that means you won't be sharing all of yourself, but you maybe be sharing half of yourself or three quarters of yourself or whatever And in those times, don't dwell on what you don't have. Just enjoy what you do have. So come to them in the ways that you can interact with them. You know, that's that's good advice. Let's say you're uh, interacting with family members, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and people that you don't really live with enough to know them intimately, but they're family. So you do interact with them, you know, off and on. Interact with them as fully as you can and still keep everything positive. When it starts to go negative, change the subject or go elsewhere. So enjoy the things you can enjoy with them and don't feel negative about the things you can no longer join with them. That's just the way it is. Things change. As you change, 
everything else changes too. Remember, you create your reality by your own interpretations of the data that you get. So your reality is changing. As you grow up, your decision space gets broader, your reality gets broader and deeper, and you just are a different person. So fit in as much as you can fit in. So go see those old friends and talk about whatever it is that they're really interested in. And after a while, you'll probably excuse yourself because what they're interested in doesn't really captivate you so much anymore. You you can talk about it, but it's fun just to be there with them that time and connect with them as they are and just accept them as they are. It's a big mistake to think that there's something wrong with them that you should fix. It's That's not it. They are who they are. They're growing at their own rate. Um, you know, there's not much you can do to help them grow up. You can maybe offer a little bit of discussion in the, in a, in an area, but if they don't bite, they don't take that bait, then leave it alone. Just connect how you can connect. Let the rest go and don't think of them as any less. It's not that they're less. It's that you're more and you're the one who's changed and they are just as they are. And that's okay. You can interact with them in the ways you can interact with them. So that's the same thing I'd say about how to, how to interact with your troublesome Uncle Fred, you know, who is always saying things off color and always, you know, kind of person that, that uh, you meet every Christmas and, and thank, and whatever your holidays are, you know, you, you meet then, but you kind of dread having the conversation. It's the same thing. Go connect with them in, in ways that interest them. Find out things to talk about that interest them and talk about that. See, typically we're self-centered, so we go into a conversation and want to talk about the things we're interested in. And if nobody's talking about what we're interested in, then we walk away and find other conversations where they are. Well, in this case, you don't do that. You find out what they're interested in, and you talk to them about that. And that usually works pretty well. And then you spend time with, you know, your old Uncle Fred, and it turns out to be good time. You interact and find out there's actually parts of him that are interesting. You know, experience he's had, things he's done, things he's seen, and so on that are interesting. But you'd never have found that out if you didn't make an effort to be in his space rather than require him to come into your space. Yeah, you... Yeah, because I have been dealing with some of the sadness. I feel I leave them behind. But as you say, maybe uh, actually not leave them behind. Um, maybe also connect with them. But but also, um, um, I don't know if you can relate to this uh, sadness, also um, leaving people behind or, uh, yeah. Uh, and will this go over with time and uh, I would just lose interest and it's not so big, big a problem or what do you think? Yeah, it all, it all adjusts with time. Everything will adjust out. So those people that you particularly do care about, then connect with them in ways that make them happy, ways that are positive for them. And it won't be as fulfilling a relationship as it was when you were both on the same sheet of music, but you change as you grow up. Things change. Your set of friends changes. Your, you know, the kind of material you're interested in, the movies you watch, the books you read, you know, all of that changes. And that's just the way it is. So change happens and we can't hold on to the, to, you know, we can't make it the way it used to be. It's not the way it used to be anymore. And it won't be the way it used to be anymore. So let that go. You know, don't, don't mourn that, but you can still make it good. Yes. So you also mentioned this about uh, it's lonely uh, on uh, on did you say top I don't remember yeah, but, uh, lonely at the top <laughs> but it's lonely at the top right and so I have this uh, also uh, bal- balancing this um, how how do I balance the feeling of uh, connectedness to other people versus separateness and loneliness okay. so you you are kind of talking about it here but could you say a little bit more about this I can indeed I say it's lonely at the top because that's just a phrase. I don't know if it is in your language, but in our our language, that's often yeah, what, uh, yeah, that's what executives and leaders and so on say. You know, it's lonely at the top. Well, in this situation, by growing up and therefore uh, having fewer peers that you can interact with fully, 
it's 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 not really lonely at the top because what happens is that yes there's fewer people you can interact with fully you mostly interact with people partially just to the point where it stays positive when it goes negative you stop and it doesn't really matter because before you had these a few tight relationships with some people maybe 10 or 20 people and that was your life that was your social life with these people well the more you grow up the more you feel connected to and a part of lots and lots of people you feel connected to the whole thing you feel connected to people you've never met you have this sense of connection and being a part of things in a way you never had before so before it was you kind of a a single I don't know what can we say uh, uh you know you're not you're an island you're an island all to yourself and you interact with these other islands and you you the island and of course the island is your self-centeredness you know it's about me that's what creates the island so you're an island you interact with a bunch of other islands and you have good social relationships with those islands as you grow up your island gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it includes lots of people even people you don't know and your connection to them at this higher level not necessarily the you know well what did you have for dinner last night level but at a more significant level than that kind of fills you with a peace and a satisfaction that is more fulfilling than actually all the little island to island relationships were so i don't know if i've said that very well whether that island's really a good metaphor but like with the islands you row your boat over to island b and you interact with them and then you row it over to island c or maybe you all connect a little but this way all the islands are really there you see all those people you appreciate all those people you care about all those people you just not going to have a two or three hour long conversation with them you're going to have a half an hour conversation with them and it'll be fun and you'll enjoy it and that's okay but you appreciate them at a different level now you appreciate them as a as another piece of consciousness struggling to evolve and to grow and you maybe you can even find ways to be a little helpful there but it's a different thing so yes it's lonely at the top in that you don't have many people to share your story with because they wouldn't understand it because it's not in their experience see things that aren't in your experience you have a hard time understanding so that's true but at the same time you're so more connected at a deeper level to everything else that it makes up for that so i really don't feel lonely at all although i will say that you know i probably share less than 10 or 20% of my experiences with anybody so say 80 85% of all my experiences are just my experiences there's no point in sharing them because if you haven't had them yourself or had similar ones then you're not going to understand them and there isn't really going to be you know it's not going to be useful to either one of us to talk about things that aren't in your experience because it can't be a sharing it's just me doing an offload you know it's not really a sharing thing anymore so there's an awful lot of myself and my experiences that I just don't share not because I'm trying to hold them secret but just because it never gets to a point where it's really appropriate to share them and that's okay though that doesn't really make me feel lonely because I'm more connected to people in a deeper way than I ever was before so it's i don't know if i'm i'm saying it well but anyway yes it's lonely at the top in that you don't have people that you can share yourself with but it's not lonely in that you have literally thousands of people hundreds of thousands of people millions of people that you can share yourself with that you can be a part of their their lives or a part of their their growth maybe um but at least you give them respect and you care about them and you care about them in ways that is probably as much as you ever cared about your close friends they're really meaningful and significant people to you 
even if you never meet them. So it's hard to explain if you, <laughs> it's hard to explain, you know, without you again, ha having that experience, but I'm sure you're moving toward that experience and you're getting appreciation for what I'm saying just in, in your own, uh, in your own life. Yeah. You relate more widely to people, but the, the depth of your relationships with individual others isn't as deep anymore because you've kind of outgrown them. But I find it not a problem. I find it a delightful place to be. Yeah, I don't have any, yeah, I don't have any idea that I don't have any feeling that, oh no, you know, I don't get to share all of my stuff with somebody, you know, I'm all alone. I don't get any of that feeling at all. It's just the way it should be. It's the way it is. It's the way I can be most helpful to other people. So it's not a, it's, it's no issue. So lonely at the top, but when you get, when we're talking about the top of growing up, it's not really lonely there at all. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your answer. Uh, I, I will think about that and maybe another time I'll return with more on it, but for now it's good. Thank good. you so much. You're, you're welcome. All right. Uh, Jan, please go ahead. I wanted to ask something um, about regarding intentions because I have, first of all, I have troubles um, coming to silence and speaking out of silence, doing intentions because there is some confusion regarding to getting to the silent was what Eckhart Tolle is describing and then intentions on the other side, like should I make just broader intentions where I just have the intention to help others and just being helpful or in, instead of, oh, I really want to listen to that person and uh, really deeply or something is pulling me away. Um, want to investigate that like these intentions. Um, all of the above is the answer. You do all of those. You have broad intentions for, for people, um, people you, you know, well, and people you don't know at all, you can have intentions for, And you can also have very specific intentions for very specific things. So broad and specific, um, all happen together. Now you come to silence, you say, you mean that's where you have no thoughts. You're, you're perfectly still in your mind. Okay. Now the thing about intention is that it needs to be from your intuitive level, from your being level. It needs to be from the core of you, not from your intellect. That is the biggest differentiator. That's the most important thing. Not whether your intentions are specific or broad. Broad is good in one case. You know, if you're giving, if you're giving, uh, you know, love and caring to all humanity, that's pretty broad. You know, you're, sh you're sharing it with, you know, seven and a half billion people. But if you're trying to heal an individual, then that's very specific. You're, you're focused on a particular organ or a particular piece of that of that uh that body that you're working on so it can be either of those but the key thing is is that it be from the core of you not just from your intellect an intention is different than a wish a wish is just something you comes out of your intellect though i, I wish it were like that an intention is something that you have You know, there's value in it for you. It's something you want to do. There's a connection. It's not a, it's not a, a simple, easy thing. It takes more of you. So it has to come from your heart. That may be another way to say it. It has to be not mind centered, but it has to be heart centered. It has to come from the center of you, from the core of you. So if you're doing a healing with someone and you have to really care about that someone and that healing, or if you're giving, you know, peace to the world, you have to really care about giving peace to the seven and a half billion people that are there in the world. So it, it's sharing a part of what is you when you have this intention. That's what I mean by intention, as opposed to, you know, what we mean by just making a wish. So separating that intellectual part from that being level part is important. And at that being level, you have some strength behind it. That's the strength of your caring. 
you know, your caring isn't just casual. Oh, yeah, I care. Oh, yeah, I care about everybody. You see, that's just very casual. But I really care means you have some feeling in it. You have some emotion in it. You have a, a, a deeper connection to it. That then moves energy. That is powerful. Whereas your, your casual intent that doesn't have that kind of energy or power in it is, is not nearly as powerful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really have to say like, um, for a long time I had, I, I wasn't sure if I'm doing this, um, doing my intentions from the head or from, from the heart. And I really was caging myself in into some, some world. I was just so fearful about, I mean, I had trouble connecting with people. At some point I was losing uh, the, the interest also and was really mm -hmm. going, going small and, um, yeah, I caged myself in and started to believe that I don't have the love that I was initially giving. And I, I really experienced some, some sort of really careful giving love in my, in my experience. And somehow I really think, I believe I, I lost it, but because I see it, uh, from my, uh, from my actions somehow. So that is something, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really have just to work on mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. to come from the heart at my choices and not to be so fearful and, and centered, self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Don't, uh, it's not the actions that are important. It's the intent behind the action. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the reason. It's the motivation that is more important and don't, be afraid of doing it wrong or not doing it right. That is a crippling fear. You know, that's a paralyzing fear. Just do it. Be it. It's not about doing, actually. So I mean, I just said do it, but uh, it's not really about doing. It's about being. Just be it. Put your feeling into it. Express that caring. And don't start second guessing and say, oh, did I do that the right way? Was that coming from my intent? You know, from my being level, or was that coming from my intellect? And this, if you start second guessing everything, then it all falls apart in a big wad of confusion, and all you are is is lost in the confusion. Just do it, just be it, express yourself, share yourself with others. That's the way. If you feel some peace and joy for all of humanity, share that, feel it, push push that feeling out there. Don't think, am I doing it the right way? Technique is the very minor part of it. Being, being sincere is the biggest part of it. Okay. So don't worry about, am I doing it right? Just be and share yourself and then just let it all happen. However it happens. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't, uh, Start second guessing and am I doing it right? I don't think so because this didn't happen and that didn't happen. And then you start looking for signs and then pretty soon you're all wrapped up in a wad and have no idea which way's up. So it's the second guessing. And of course that's your fear. The second guessing. The fear is a fear of doing it wrong, a fear of not being good enough, a fear of being inadequate, you know, a, a fear of making mistakes. All of that's the fear that gets in the way. And just be who you are, authentic. Feel the way you feel. Share that feeling and that energy with the world and just let all the chips fall wherever they do. And do that for six months. Just do that and let it fall out however it does. And then look back at it and say, well, what's the good, what's the good news and what's the bad news? You know, and then you can maybe alter it a little bit, make some adjustments. And then do it again for six months and then make some adjustments. And that's how we learn and grow by being and then looking at the results of that being and then making corrections. Yeah. I feel always like step behind because I'm always second guessing and that makes myself just retreating from the reality. And it's just yes. I'm realizing this, but it's so happened so, so automatically and so ingrained that I cannot really let go because of all those fears. And it's really heavy and it's, it pulls me down sometimes. And I'm trying to meditate and to, to bring some energy from, from the bottom to the top to feel my body and to express somehow the, the really life force that is behind everything. And it's really interesting. Uh, I, I don't care. Uh, okay. Second guessing again. So yeah, it's always, 
not not letting myself do the the thing I just want. Yeah. It, it wants to express itself, but but I'm hindering it with my intellect all the time. Right. I would well, let it out. It, it would just happen, and that is. Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. think yeah. think about being, not about doing. Yeah. It's not what you do. Okay. So so the doing is neither here nor there. It's the yeah. being. Just be sincere. Be real. Be yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, just be it, and that's enough. You don't have to do it right. There is no right in the doing. There's only the right in the being. So you get that, and then you okay. just be be authentic. Okay. Be, your, yeah. be yourself, and have the have the courage to just be authentic and let people deal with it however they do. That's and then learn learn from it. But yes, another another thing to to think about is you don't necessarily have to take on all the fears at once. If you have a lot of fears and they're all kind of tangled up together, try to untangle one of them. You know, pick pick one and work on that one. Leave the others alone for a while because sometimes it's just overwhelming. If you have a whole lot of fear, it's just so overwhelming trying to deal with them. It's it's like you can't get out from under the load. You know, there's this, all this load that's on top of you, and every time you try to sneak out, it crushes you again. So just pick one piece of it and say, all right, I'm going to get past that piece. I'm going to get rid of that. Then take the next piece. So doing it piecemeal is sometimes easier than struggling with the whole thing all at once. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I just, uh, um, like two days ago, I, I was lying in the bed and I said, no, I just want to do one fear at a time. It's just too much because there was so much things I was aware of. And at some point you are aware of many things and that is hindering oneself to just be in the moment and to just experience and just have simple intentions. Like I just want to um, be with, with the people. Don't be, don't, I mean, I just have so many intentions. Like I want to be, I don't want to be special. I don't want to be in the center. I just, there's so many things I want to do. Right. Like just, um, for, for the sake of the experience for everybody and so that everybody can be uh, respected and loved and like seen and that everybody is seen. And so, yeah, that is, yeah, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Jan, you're, you're still very young, Jan. You're yeah. still very young. You got a lot of time to work these yeah. things out. Yeah. So don't, don't feel like uh, you have to do it in the next week. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you have a lot of time. Just, Take it one step at a time. Work on those relationships. Connect with people and just share yourself with those people. And don't say, well, now I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't do this and that. That's your intellect trying to trying to manipulate the situation. Just be who you are and let that play out however it does. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Easier, easier to say and harder to do, but still. You're a, you're a young man. You have a lot of experience ahead of you yet. Yeah, I know that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I really think about the second question, if it's okay to ask it. Um, mm. I'd really love to because there's an issue with, with a friend of mine. And I really want to ask how much responsibility I have to take um, for for a friend of mine who, I mean, um, sometimes it's hard to go with a person that uh, um, it was a situation where, where a person was guided by an inner voice. And I, I was uh, fearing his um, maybe a psychotic episode because he, he had psychotic episodes in the past where he just went fully, fully into the experience and had himself completely lost in that and was just following a voice to a point where he could laugh about himself like all day long. And he was just making himself funny over, over himself funny all the time and, and laughed. And on the one hand, I saw the benefits of that on the, on the other side, the blindly following that, that stream of um, just following some guidance was making me afraid of losing control. And, um, and I'm not sure if, if that is, I mean, if it's helpful, that, that was my hunch. If, if it's helpful for him and for other people, even if, if it's bad in the first place, like he does stupid things where other people worrying about him or uh, act around, uh, act out of fear because they fear he gets a psychotic episode. But, but in, 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 in some way, he gets more to himself where he lets go of all the personal stuff that, that he has um, 
accumulated over the time with with his family and uh, with all the beliefs that he had. And through his guidance from the inner time, uh, from the inner voice, he let go of many fears and had just the intention: I want to help other people. And that that's where he just ended up. And I just see so many so much love in him. But also, um, it, sometimes it's weird because there is some some shadow behind it and I cannot like can fully accept him like fully uh, like love him because there's some rejection from my side I cannot say oh I really can just um, accept or like accept all of his um, world um, um, yeah, I think I understand like, what yes, you mean yeah, yeah okay yeah I think I understand what you mean you have to let people be who they are and you can, you have to be who you are. You're not responsible for other people or the choices they make. You're not responsible for taking care of them. You're not responsible for seeing to it that they're, you know, that they succeed or that they're liked or anything else. People make their own choices and by those choices, they create their reality. They create their own selves in their reality. So you have to let people just be who they are. And sometimes if that's self-destructive, well, you just have to let them be that way. It's not like you, it's your responsibility to step in and fix people. It's not. People have to fix themselves. Now, if you see a place where you think you might be helpful, you can try. But if it doesn't work and it's really not helpful, then you'll know that you don't do it again. You know, so... You have to not overthink it. You have to not overthink life. You have to not try so hard. You have to try not to, you know, do everything perfectly and make everything work out. You're just living your own life, making your own choices the best you can. And where that intersects with other people, fine. Friendship and connections are good. But where you really can't connect because you can't go there because that's a place that's just them, then you just have to let them be that way. And it's nothing for you to emulate. It's nothing for you to, to uh, you know, be upset about. Just accept that that's where they are. They're doing whatever they're doing. And you have to realize that we're not here just by ourselves. We're here to interact with other people, all kinds of other people. And we have to be aware of how we affect those other people, what we do with those other people, you know, how they, it's not so much how they see us and what they think of us. That's mostly, that's mostly ego, but what do we do to them? How do, you know, how do we affect them? And if the way we affect them is negative, then that's not good. You don't want to affect people in a negative way. So if you go off into your own world and get lost in that own world and no longer become very functional in this world and people are worrying about you all the time and so on, then that's not good. You see, you have to be here and connect and care about how you cause other people to feel. Well, I shouldn't say cause, but how other people feel because of you. And that should be positive how other people feel because of you. You know, it's not like, well, I'm just me and I go off and do whatever and everybody else has to just like it or lump it. That's being very self-focused. I'll do me and everybody else can lump it. Uh, so you have to care. So if you live in a world and it has parents and siblings and friends and all kinds of other people in it, how those people how you affect those people is an important thing for you to understand. Now you don't grow up and make choices just to affect people. That's manipulation, but you need to be aware of how you affect people. And if you're affecting them negatively by making them upset or making them worry or making this and that, well, then you should change something there. That's not a good, it's not a good thing. It needs to be about them more than about you. So we do have to interact with this larger reality in a positive way. All of our relationships should be positive, not negative. 
So getting too self-centered and too wrapped up in your own, in your own experience takes you out of this interacting with others because others all back up. They say, Oh, he's lost in his own little world. Everybody else backs away from you. And now you're losing all the growth potential you had with all those interactions because everybody's backing away from you and you become a very self-focused individual. Well, some people do that and sometimes it's good for them. Sometimes it isn't, but it's not a thing to expire. I mean, to, you know, it's not, it's not a thing to try to do for the most part. That's not a good place to go to where you're just living in your own little world and really don't care about anybody else because you're so focused on your own little world. We need to be a part of the world. We need to be connected to people and we need to be authentic who we are. So somehow you got to juggle all those things, being you, being connected with all the people and caring about that connection and being authentic. All of those things have to happen at the same time. So you can't just go around being to other people what you think they'd like you to be. See, that's also not good. Oh, these people would like me to be this, this, and others, so I'll just be that. Well, that's just you manipulating. You're not being honest, see? So you have to be authentic at the same time. You interact with everybody in a positive way. So those are the things that all, that's all part of the mix and they all have to work together. That's really helpful. Thank you. Tom Campbell here. INMBT events. Hope you liked this video. We now have well over a thousand hours of free video on this user-friendly, ad-free YouTube channel. Though these videos are free to our viewers, they represent many thousands of hours in production and editing, and many thousands of dollars invested in video and audio equipment, along with the required computers and software to store and process the raw video into finished products. So far, all of this content has been funded directly out of our own pockets. Be assured. We will always continue to do what we can. It's our life, our purpose, a labor of love that we will continue to pursue as best we can. However, those pockets are not as deep as they used to be. Thus, we are now seeking to augment our resources with support from our viewers. If you find something of significant value in our videos, please consider supporting their production through our Patreon account or through a one-time donation. The links are in the description below. Thank you.